0: Hong Kong Cardinal Joseph Zen, arrested, then released by communist authorities this week. Why does China fear a 90 year old retired bishop? Director of the Center for Religious Freedom, Nina Shea, will tell us. And the son of imprisoned Catholic billionaire and democracy advocate, Jimmy Lai. Taiwan businessman Sebastian Lai joins us for an exclusive interview. And the leak of the Supreme Court draft document on Roe v.ersus Wade has sparked angry protests across the U.S., including numerous attacks on Catholic churches. Catholic League President Bill Donahue and former FBI agent and counterterrorism expert Todd Hulsey weigh in. Finally, we'll celebrate 75 years of family theater productions with their national director, Father David Guffey. The World Over begins right now. A warm welcome to all of you joining us in the United States and the world over. What a show we have for you tonight. Gather everybody together. You don't want to miss this one. If you'd like to comment, send me a tweet. I'm at Raymond Arroyo. Lots to cover. Let's get right to it. Emeritus Bishop of Hong Kong, Cardinal Joseph Zen, has been released on bail from police custody after his arrest on Wednesday. He was charged with colluding with foreign powers related to a nonprofit group of which he is a trustee. What could happen to him if he's convicted? And what should we make of the timing of his arrest? Joining me now to discuss this and much more, senior fellow at the Hudson Institute Center for Religious Freedom, Nina Shea. Nina, uh, Cardinal Zen was arrested as he attempted to board a plane to Germany on Wednesday evening. Uh, he's been charged with colluding with this foreign government, or a foreign government, for his pro-democracy advocacy, particularly his involvement in a now dormant charity that helped political prisoners in Hong Kong with legal expenses. What do you make of these charges and the timing of his arrest?
1: Well, Raymond, um, it's great to be with you. He could have been charged for colluding with foreign powers just by being a Catholic priest because he um, is loyal to a pope in Rome. Um, He um, is probably facing three years in prison. Uh, He will be convicted um, if this goes to trial. Uh, which it is on track to do. Um, it's it's a personal mm-hmm. tragedy for him, but it's also um, far deeper than that. It's the last... Religious freedom is being crushed um, in this. He is the most ho- highest-profile face and voice for religious freedom in China, mm. all of China at this moment. And so that is being crushed, and democracy is being crushed because that is the last freedom left in Hong Kong. So democracy in Hong Kong is wow. being wiped out as well. Um, it is intended to cow the church into submission to the Chinese Communist Party.
0: Now, he's been released on bail. However, his passport was retained by the Hong Kong police. Now, Cardinal Zen is a 90-year-old man. He's been on this show many times. What is his arrest meant to signify to the pro-democracy community, first of all, Nina? Well,
1: it's extremely demoralizing for them. Um, it, it means that there no one can speak out. There will be no right of conscience of individual conscience or dissent. Um, so it's um, it's a, a turning of the uh, a new chapter in Hong Kong. They've just elected a hardline former security official to be their next chief executive. Mm-hmm. Um, John Lee so um, this is a new chapter where Hong Kong is shut down and absorbed into um, mainland China really it's, it becomes uh, under the thumb under the f- jackboot of the CCP. Um, the churches mm. um, and Christian schools may still be standing but they will be uh, teaching the CCP yeah. Commandments and preaching the sayings yeah, I want to get into
0: yeah, let's get into that in a moment, but I, I need to start here. Cardinal Zen, as longtime viewers of this show will know, is a, has been a very loud and consistent voice against the Chinese Communist Party and their encroachment on religious freedom and he's really one of the only remaining voices of dissent within the hierarchy of the Catholic Church in China. He's also been very critical of the Vatican Secretary of State, Pauline, and the Vatican itself. Here he is talking about the Vatican-China deal, that secret deal that they've hatched. Has been uh, it was ratified several years ago. It's up for renewal now. This is what he said when it was first announced. To
2: listen, I asked uh, the Holy Father to arrange a a, a meeting uh, with me and Cardinal Parolin to discuss about that document. Uh, Also because document uh, is a very strange case. It came out without any signature, Mm. without the specification from which the custody. Right. That never happened. No Mm. document (laughs) came from the Holy See, you see? And so uh, uh, I went there. Uh, the Holy Father invited me to supper, mm-hmm. and the uh, was there. Ah. He didn't say a word, but I was not granted a, a, a discussion. Oh. So at the end of the supper, uh, I said, So, Holy Father, may we have some uh, discussion about the, 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 the document? The Holy said, hey, I'm going to uh, look into it. And that was it. And then he saw me at the door. That supper, wow. uh, surely arranged by Cardinal Parolin. And he Mm -hmm. wants to tell me, you see, we are in front of the Holy Father and listen to me and not to you. Mm. So just move along. Get lost.
0: He has since called the secretary of state a liar and even wrote a book about what he called the selling out of the Chinese church by the Vatican. Now, Vatican diplomatic sources this week told me that for some in Rome, Cardinal Zen's arrest was regarded as, quote, merciful silence. Now, I'm sure the Sanhedrin and the Romans felt the same way many years ago. Uh, On Wednesday, Nina, Vatican press spokesman Matteo Bruni issued a statement on Zen's arrest. It read, quote, the Holy See has learned with concern of the news of the arrest of Cardinal Zen and is following the developments of the situation with extreme attention." End quote. That's the entire statement, Nina. Your reaction?
1: Yeah, there's self-censorship going on to preserve this dreadful agreement where the Vatican has agreed to collaborate with the Chinese Communist Party in the appointment of Catholic leaders, Catholic bishops in China. This is what Cardinal Zen um, stood against. He went on the world stage to protest it, to warn against it, to warn the Vatican. And um, now you know he he has been shut down, and his his voice will be sorely missed. Um, And and really, Mm -hmm. that leads to the question of you know what else are they going to self censor? Are are uh, the the Hong Kong diocese itself is timidly asking that justice be done in his case, um, that there be justice in his case. That's a very ambiguous statement in the Chinese Communist Party context. Uh, They should be demanding, and the Pope Mm -hmm. Francis should be demanding, Raymond, that um, all charges be dropped, that religious freedom be restored, and that they get to appoint their own bishops. They should walk away from that agreement, um, and they should Mm. stop calling... Uh, people who disagree with them, like Cardinal Zen, uh, as having um, a psychological problem, as, as one ambassador from the Vatican did. And, and, and Cardinal Parolin himself should stop denying, when he's asked, or denying, period, that there is persecution of the church. Cardinal Zen's uh, going on, on some kind of show trial in, in Hong Kong is a prime example of this kind of persecution that's taking place every day in mainland China.
0: Wow. No, I, it's it's heartbreaking. Uh, I was sickened when I heard the news, uh, because you thought, given his age and uh, esteem in the community, that that would insulate him a bit from this kind of thuggery, but apparently not. Now, look. I understand, Nina, and and our viewers will appreciate. The Vatican is in a tough spot, mostly owing to their own collusion with the Communist Party for years. You can't make deals with these people and then you know demand something of them. What should the Vatican do about that agreement with China? Well, it's the, set to be renewed again in October. Yeah,
1: they should let it expire. They should just quietly, uh, you know, it was it, it was the Vatican who was announcing it, who was um, uh, you know pumping it up um, internationally, in an international. Press before. I don't think the Chinese will say anything, and they could just quietly let it expire. It probably won't make any difference on the ground in the in the sense that they will the Chinese will continue to persecute the, the bishops and priests. Right. Um, but there, you know, the the Vatican really should start working to form an underground, quietly form an underground. I mean, that's the only way this church is going to survive the the, the Catholic Church um, in China. And that's how they survived Mm. before, during the Cultural Revolution of Mao. So um, these are very, uh, these are alarming times. The Vatican has to admit, to itself at least, that the mission of the church, the pastoral mission of the church, which is the the reason for the agreement, they say, is incompatible Mm -hmm. with the mission of the Chinese Communist Party. They are being absorbed into yeah. the United Front Work Department of the Chinese Communist Party, and that is n- it totally inconsistent with Christian values the gospel, and everything the Catholic Church stands for
0: yeah well th- this is why Cardinal Zen was morally opposed to this uh, this agreement because it would compromise the bishops, and therefore, the the handing on of the faith and the continuance of the faith through ordained priests. If you don't have licit bishops, you can't have licit priests. And he said, you've got bishops and priests who are now moving in with their wives into the churches, and then, and you know, Nina, now the churches are required to teach Basically, Xi and the Communist Party's propaganda wrapping it in the gospel at these masses. So I I don't know how effective a group of people meeting in a room in some fake version of the Catholic Church really is to the furtherance of the gospel.
1: Yeah, uh, she, she is quoted in leaked documents to The New York Times in respect to the, uh, with, with, with regard to the Uyghur Muslims, which are now, we know, undergoing genocide there by them. Um, he's quoted as saying, show no mercy. This is the value system of the Chinese Communist Party, show no mercy. This is why the gospel passage of the stoning of the adulterous woman was changed uh, by them, to have Jesus stoning her, because the lesson of that story Mm. was they wanted to come out of it was show no mercy. This is not a Christian or Catholic uh, value. So this is what is at stake. The the core uh, character and value system and traditions and, and uh, rules of the of Christianity
0: gosh Nina when I when I think about this and the and, you know I've, I've, I've met some of those uh, dissident Catholics from China I've heard their stories contacted them and, and spoken to them at length um, we're going to run out of millstones when the final accounting is, uh, comes due on this story because it's such a perversion of the gospel and an abdication of this faithful church that's been faithful for so long. It, 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 it really makes you want to break down in tears. Um, it it does. During an in-flight press conference on <laughs> Wednesday, uh, the deputy White House press secretary, who is soon to be the press secretary, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, uh, had this to say when asked about Cardinal Zen's arrest
3: freedom of expression are critical to prosperous and secure societies we call on PC- PRC and Hong Kong authorities to cease targeting Hong Kong's advocates and to immediately release who have been unjustly detained and charged like the Cardinal Joseph Zekian and others arrested today
0: Nina your thoughts on that White House response is it enough
1: uh, no, no, it's not enough. Um, he has been released already, as we know. He was released several hours after he was mm-hmm. taken in on bail, and um, he is—you know—he could be. Uh, they could be making a martyr out of him, which would actually backfire on on the CCP. Um, you know, it makes mm. me think of uh, Cardinal Kung, Ignatius Kung, who spent 33 right. years in a prison after a show trial under Mao in the mid-'50s. And, um, mm. you know, Car- he was the bishop of Shanghai, Raymond, and, and Cardinal Zen was born in Shanghai. He was He's no doubt inspired yes. in his faithfulness by uh, that example. And he himself is going to inspire others if they go through with a show trial for him, and. He He spends his last, you know, remaining years behind bars, Um, you know, and he's so fragile, as you pointed out. Uh, at 90 years old, so um, this is—it um, uh, may end up backfiring on them. The Vatican should stiffen its spine, and 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 um, they have a moral yes. dilemma. It's no longer a, <clears throat> a diplomatic issue with them. This is a moral issue, and they need to be clear that they're not going to collaborate in appointing leaders. <coughs> if this is what happens to the leaders that are, um, you know, cardinals, princes of the church. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to believe that the timing on this um, was influenced by events in the United States as well. And um, I I say that because the Chinese Communist Party has played into, tapped into memes that um, are in American political discourse. And they have, uh, for example, uh, charged the Uyghurs. um, They they are accused of committing genocide against the Uyghurs um, by the United States government Um, for having forced abortions. The wolf warrior ambassador in Washington of of China um, put out a a tweet saying that they were preventing, uh, these abortions were needed to prevent women from um, becoming baby-making machines to liberate them. Um, So they they play Mm -hmm. into that and I think that on the Mother's Day pro-abortion protests against Catholic Church targeting and singling out Catholic Church which has uh, made an impression on the CCP and President Xi, and, and they noted that this, you know, may be a favorable time for them to uh, uh, lock up wow. a Catholic leader in Hong Kong. So I think it's hmm. important no. for President Biden to speak up as well and, and take action. It's
0: astounding. No, I mean, these people are the John Fishers and Thomas Moores of our age. That's who these men are and women are. Uh, They're heroic. (laughs) And meanwhile, the United States is sending another $40 billion to Ukraine in the name of freedom, yet we're deaf when it comes to the suffering of the Chinese people who've been laboring under this kind of oppression and authoritarian uh, reign for decades. In fact, the Biden administration is considering lifting tariffs and sanctions against China, which blows my mind, Nina.
1: Yeah, they're, they're considering lifting sanctions against uh, solar panels because it interferes with their uh, green, uh, you know, the, the green agenda is going to trump um, all, all kinds of values here on democracy and human rights at the governmental level. And um, it, it's this, it, it is. It's breathtaking. It is. It's such hypocrisy. Um, it's a sellout. And uh, China has a huge market, and that's what's driving... <laughs> this, and um, it, it, well, it's driving uh, the, the U.S. response. Uh, it, the Vatican response is really hard to understand. Um, you know, I, I really don't understand why they're giving away uh, power to, and appointments to this, frankly, evil regime. Um, you know, accused mm. of organ harvesting, there's plenty of evidence for that. Uh, Congressman Chris Smith had a hearing this week on that issue. Um, pointing out it's undeniable that what's going on in china lots of documentation no. and
0: you mentioned earlier and i have to get out on this i'm almost out of time john lee uh... the new uh, chief executive in hong kong he's a catholic by the way uh... so-called he was forced into the seat in an uncontested election and guess what nina he won ninety nine percent of the vote isn't that amazing uh, but in, he's now the ceo of hong kong There are about 190 Catholic schools there, uh, 16% of the population is Christian, 5% Catholic. What happens to the religious schools, the Catholic institutions in Hong Kong, now that Lee is clearly in the position of doing the CCP's bidding on this?
1: Yeah, um, the, the, there are sixty percent of the primary, six zero percent, Raymond, of the ca- of the um, primary and secondary schools are Catholic or Christian. They will be uh, teaching. They already are teaching the national security law. That's a requirement for graduation under the law. Um, that means that intimidates people, tells them that they have to remain silent, they have to self-censor, they have to conform to socialist values, The communist that means the Communist Party dictates, and that's what's going to happen. They will lose their character, they will be Christian in name only, they will um, still be standing, some of them, but they will be... Uh, teaching the doctrine of the Chinese Communist Party instead of um, the Bible or Christian doctrine. And um, Mm -hmm. they will be led by people who are either members of the CCP or sympathetic with them.
0: It's remarkable to me that we have discussions about lifting sanctions, increasing trade relations, dumping more money into China. Meanwhile, this is the backdrop. This is what they're doing to their own people, and frankly, we are funding. Nina Shea, thank you for your reportage, for your insight. You can follow all of Nina's work at the Hudson Institute at Hudson.org. Thanks again. Thank you. Catholic democracy advocate, media magnate Jimmy Lai has been in prison in Hong Kong for two and a half years. He's charged with unauthorized assembly for his participation in pro-democracy demonstrations in 2019. Now, this weekend, the Catholic University of America will bestow on him an honorary degree, which his son will receive on his behalf. Joining me to discuss his father's fight for democracy and time in prison, as well as the rapid deterioration of freedom in Hong Kong, is Jimmy's son, Sebastian Lai. Sebastian, thanks for being here. Your father, as I said, he has been in prison since December of 2020. Uh, he's about to turn 75. What has his time in prison been like? And have you heard from him?
4: I can write to him regularly in prison. Uh, so we, we, we do have contact uh, through his letters. He's. Uh, I, I, th- I think religion really has helped him a lot through this whole journey in prison. Mm. He, he, he actually draws a, a picture of Christ on, on the back of every single letter. And um, he, he, he wrote in, in one of le- his letters that, you know, he hasn't done any uh, manual labor for, for what, what would be 60 odd years. But he, he actually um, he's now folding a lot of the um, the envelopes in order to get money to send the letters out uh, to me and, 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 and other, you know, other members of my family and, and, and his friends. Uh, so it, he, he, he finds he finds peace in that. He finds peace in, in both the religion and, and, and that meditative aspect of it.
0: Hmm. what toll has this taken on your mother and your brothers and yourself I know your brothers and mother mother and brothers are still in Hong Kong
4: so yeah so uh, two of my half-brothers uh, are, are in Hong Kong at the moment and so is my mother and my younger sister uh, one of my one of my brothers is my, my younger brother who's uh, uh, 15 this year is in uh, is in the UK uh, at the moment and he hasn't been able to go back uh, uh, for the last two years and and mm-hmm. I suspect that the Hong Kong that he will go back to would would actually be a, a a very different Hong Kong. It's uh it, it, yeah it's 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 been it, it's been tough. It's because it's 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 really the uncertainty of it and and, and the sort of th- this idea that Hong Kong used to be this uh, island off the coast of China that had its own legal system and and, and, and freedoms and and mm-hmm. it, it, it just seems that this it, the, the these ideals keep getting. Uh, 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 degraded um, um, every, every, every single yeah. uh, um, every single news cycle. Yeah,
0: yeah. Y- your father knew Sebastian that as a pro-democracy advocate and prominent voice for freedom that he might end up incarcerated. Uh, I, I want to play this little bite. This is your dad Jimmy Lai, talking about fighting for democracy.
5: I've been arrested three times, very likely that, you know, I will have to go to prison. All I have, this place gave me. This is a time for sacrifice. Even if they kill me, I will have to fight to the last day.
0: Was your family prepared, Sebastian, for the sacrifice Jimmy was willing to make to be that voice of freedom and that—he's really become something of an icon of freedom in Hong Kong?
4: Um, we. we Dad, Dad always knew that he was uh, uh, that it was a large, big possibility um, of, of you know going to prison was a huge possibility of, of of him standing up for 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 what is for what is right. So um, we were always prepared, and obviously nothing really uh, no, nothing really prepares you for that uh, for the for no. the whole experience for the um, you know for 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 all the different. Uh, uh, Trials and all these uh, ups and downs, uh, but it, by and mm-hmm. large we were, and 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 Dad th- always knew that that was a that was a big possibility. Um, so so yeah. we always. Yeah.
0: Long that well. before he took part in these demonstrations in 2019, he was an advocate for freedom, uh, particularly freedom of the press. Uh, I, I want to play something to you that he said about going into the media business. If I just. Go on making money; it doesn't mean anything to me. If I go into the media business, I deliver choice, and choice is freedom. Choice is freedom. Of course, he had Apple Daily, which was the 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 huge paper in uh, in Hong Kong. What did he say to you and your brothers about the importance of what he was doing and why he felt it necessary to promote democracy and a free press?
4: Um, So actually, in in that sense, um, something that I do learn a lot from from about is that he, he was a man of actions, so so he you know he never had to sit mm-hmm. us down and say, well, this is the, the 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 right thing because it's, be, because it is it's, it's it's I mean it's pretty obvious that uh, uh, a free society is is is, is better than a, 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 a autocratic one. So he he, ne- he never mm-hmm. really had to uh, have that talk with us. He, he 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 just did it showed us through his actions that, you know, if if there's something that you believe in, if it's if it's something that if, if a place has given you so much as well, it's, it's, it's only right. It's only right that you, you, you stand up for it when it matters.
0: Right. No, he could—and and as, uh, as you were talking, I was thinking, he certainly had the means to leave before he was imprisoned. And he didn't do that. He stayed and he continued no, to no, stay yeah. uh, for the good of the community and the good of the people. And that is a—I mean, look, it's, it's easy to talk freedom when, when your freedom isn't threatened. It's quite different mm. when it is. And you mentioned that that your father, Jimmy Lai, is a a devout Catholic. And um, he has said uh, this about faith and why it is regarded with such hostility by the Chinese Communist Party. I want you to react to this.
5: For people like us, who are Catholic, are embedded in the values of a religion, you know, our instinct urges us to stand up To injustice, to evil. Well, I think the CCP is very afraid of organization because if you have a faith, you can easily organize together and oppose them because for a religion which is the foundation for morality and value which the ccp does not have this is where they're most vulnerable
4: hmm your thoughts on that sebastian as you hear your dad i think um catholicism has has really been a, a north star for uh obviously for my family but i'm 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 sure for 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 many many catholics as well and um mm-hmm. it's it's it, communism is, is is an ideology in the end of the day and and and, and the, I think the Chinese understands that 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 North Star and, and their ideology is there there is a huge clash there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: no it, it, it's a threat and uh, look that's why and for both free speech and the exercise of a free soul has to be constrained in an autocratic society. That's what we're seeing. We've also seen religious freedom practically obliterated in mainland China. Now Hong Kongers are experiencing that uh, noose tightening. Um, Under the newly new leadership of John Lee, uh, who is backed by the CCP, do you worry that religious freedom will be extinguished in Hong Kong as well?
4: So uh, Cardinal Zen, a a, a friend of the uh, families and and a uh, uh, Great man uh, was actually well, he was arrested yesterday. I'm, I'm sure. Um, yes, you, you would have, you would have heard about it. And and, and this is a this is a ninety year old. He was the Bishop of Hong Kong and a cardinal uh, who who, right. who had to be taken to a police station. It's it's. Uh, I I, th- I think you know going back to the point that like action speaks louder than words. It's. It, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty strong act.
0: This weekend, you will be receiving an honorary degree at the Catholic University of America on behalf of your dad in recognition for his work and, as a devout Catholic, promoting freedom and democracy. What does this recognition mean to you, your family, and your father?
4: Um, it, it really means a lot. It's, it's uh, uh, to have the support of, of, of all these great people, of this, of this community—I'm uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll He'll be very happy to, to receive this award, and I'm sure, uh, knowing that all these people are praying for him and knowing that all these people ha- have, have have the same thoughts towards freedom and and, and freedom of religion, freedom of expression, will, will make him incredibly happy, and, and mm-hmm. us as well.
0: We will leave it there. Sebastian Lai, uh, our prayers are with you, your father, and the entire family. We pray for his freedom and the freedom of— not only Hong Kong, but all the Chinese people. Thank you for your time and for being here. Thank you very much, Mr. rio After last week's leak of the draft document that touches on Roe v. Wade, some abortion groups, Ruth sent us for one, t- announced their intent to target Catholic churches with protests on Mother's Day. Vandals have struck a church in Boulder, Colorado, while at least three churches in Texas were struck one with pro-abortion graffiti. Another parish had its tabernacle stolen. Here with analysis is the president of the Catholic League, Dr. Bill Donahue, joined by counterterrorism expert and former FBI agent, Todd Halsey. Gentlemen, thank you both for being here. Bill, your thoughts on these attacks in the macro and why they're singling out Catholic institutions. I mean, do they think the Supreme Court justices visit every parish every Sunday?
6: No, listen. Here, about a month ago, I asked to see Cardinal Dolan, uh, and, I, and the purpose of the meeting was that I anticipated this. I didn't anticipate it until the end of June, because I thought that was when the, uh, when the actual uh, Roe v. Wade decision would be rendered. And assuming that we might win, I said, we can expect uh, violence and vandalism, because these people are vicious. Uh, they, they, they understand no boundaries whatsoever. Of course, I didn't anticipate the leak, and so it started even earlier. Look, the Catholic Church back in 1973 was the only institution opposed to Roe v. Wade. The evangelicals, Southern Baptists, other Protestants got on board later in the 70s, and I'm very happy that they did. But they weren't with us in 1973. Uh, And uh, certainly, uh, the Orthodox Jews may have been okay with it, but they're too small to matter. So it was basically just Catholics alone. So now we have Catholic justices, too. These people are being targeted because they're Catholics. This is really uh, stunning. Not only do we have laws against this, which, of course, are not enforced, but this is rank anti-Catholic bigotry. And uh, it's, it, it's what started abortion back in the 60s with Lawrence Later and Dr. Bernard Nathanson. Nathanson admitted all of this long before he died. That the entire campaign for abortion was built on the on the foundation. We have to sell it as an as as a Catholic event. It's because of these Catholics and their power and their authoritarianism. And so, if we attack the Catholic Church hierarchy in particular, we'll get what we want. The anti-Catholic element has never stopped. So that's what accounts for this draconian uh, uh, attempt to shut down Catholic the Catholic voice today.
0: I interviewed some of the people who were at the uh, Los Angeles Cathedral this weekend when these ladies came in in their red garb and their little bonnets. Um, they, They meant to evoke that Handmaidens' Tale show and book, the Margaret Atwood book, and the show on Hulu. The problem is... The cosplay routine is a little off base, one of the ladies I spoke with thought they were dressed as Betsy Ross, and a man there thought they were Little Red Riding Hood. So, the people don't know what the heck's going on when they walk in. Todd, I want to get your law enforcement perspective on this. These attacks may not be organized by a particular group in all cases, but, uh, you know, this Ruth Sentis group, they've called for action. But there is an organizing uh, mentality here. How should the federal government be addressing this vandalism before it turns into physical violence?
7: Well, first of all, <clears throat> the security of the Supreme Court justices and the Supreme Court building and grounds itself is, is under the purview of the Marshall and Supreme Court and not the FBI. Mm-hmm. And I'll get, to the, I'll get to the answer to the question in just a moment. The United States Marshals okay. Service was ordered to provide additional security for the Supreme Court and its justices. So the FBI is not really concerned with that. What the FBI is concerned with is organized attempts to 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 destroy uh, churches, to 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 attack buildings, to attack personages, and and the FBI does mm-hmm. that through the regional joint terrorism task forces around the country. Singular acts of vandalism. Will be, will be worked by the local law enforcement agency providing law enforcement services to that parish in this case. The Joint Terrorism Task Force right. in that area will, of course, be made aware of this, and it will be kind of cataloged as an event that uh, to, to raise a little uh, awareness amongst the, uh, the people on the Joint Terrorism Task Force to, to be a little bit vigilant about. It's really, from the FBI <laughs> perspective anyway, it's going to be about finding an organization uh you just said that you know it doesn't appear to be organized now but with social media disorganized groups can get Mm -hmm. together in a singular effort and those are the things that the fbi will be interested in stopping
0: Mm -hmm. well you know there are bubble zones around these abortion clinics why not around houses of worship to begin with does this rise to the level of a hate crime in your estimation I think what, these can. of vandalism.
7: Yes, they certainly can. It, it really depends on. I mean, you know, there's random acts of, of of vandalism occur all over the place, all the time. Just think of tagging the side of a building with with some kind of graffiti. If if it if it's and there are plenty of copycats out there, especially seeing stuff on mm-hmm. social media, people going out to to commit a copy cat type act it depends on the facts and circumstances of each individual event but it's certain you cannot rule out the possibility of, of, of there being evidence specifically of a hate crime against the Catholic Church and, and that would be investigated really by the local law enforcement.
0: Mm-hmm. Bill, your thoughts on this Ruth sent us organization? I mean, that you, you know, they cite Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg, in their handle. But Justice Ginsburg herself questioned the legal reasoning of Roe, despite her support for abortion rights. Uh, perhaps a rebranding of this group might be in order.
6: Yeah, I mean, that's right. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she, she led the ACLU Re- Reproductive Freedom Project. Uh, She was definitely an abortion supporter, but she was an honest woman. She knew that this was a decision that was best made by the legislature and not by the courts. So she she understood that Roe was on very shaky grounds uh, in in the first place. And she certainly, in fairness to her, did not countenance violence. Look, one of the reasons why we have this is that we have the Senate majority leader. Remember what he said about Kavanaugh and about Gorsuch? You're going to pay for this. You're going to be sorry. About your decisions. Mm. Uh, Then we have Nancy Pelosi, who's encouraging this kind of protest going on, this this, this kind of vile uh, uh, demonstrations that are taking place. And we have the president of the United States, a self described devout Catholic who hasn't opened his mouth once about this. We would have gotten more sympathy and more compassion and more action from a non Catholic president, I am convinced be it a a, a Jewish person uh, or, or, for that matter, a Muslim or a Protestant, that what we're getting from this man. That's where the problem is. We have no leadership in Washington, uh, and both uh, Pelosi and, uh, and, and Biden identify themselves as Catholic.
0: Mm. Now these uh, abortion rights protesters are even surrounding Nancy Pelosi's house. So, you know, uh, th- th- this is this is spiraling out of control. Todd, I want to get your take on what Jen Psaki had to say about demonstrations outside of the homes of these Supreme Court justices. Listen.
4: So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position.
0: Todd, the president's position is encouraging, I guess, according to her, peaceful protests at the homes of justices from a security standpoint. This seems very dangerous. I mean, these are private homes, and let's face it, with the media attention and the little cosplay happening in front of the houses, they're really soft-doxing these justices and the locations of their homes. Your reaction?
7: Well, my first reaction is that if the president's position is that these protests are okay, well, the president has sworn an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution and to enforce the laws of this country. It's against the law. There's a federal statute on the books that says you cannot protest outside of a judge's house in order to influence a judicial decision. That is a federal crime, mm-hmm. and you can go to prison for that. And this administration certainly isn't interested, based on their own words, in enforcing, in enforcing that statute. Uh, as far as the physical mm-hmm. security goes, yes, it's soft doxing, absolutely. I mean, it's full-on doxing from what I've been reading in, right. in the mainstream media and whatnot. And, and again, the physical security is the purview of the United States Marshals Service working with the Marshal of the Supreme Court, but the organization, something that my former agency, the FBI, would be looking at. But, you know, at base bottom, Raymond, we're looking at a federal law that says you cannot protest outside of the House, of, in this case, the Supreme Court justice, in order to affect the outcome of a case. It's against the law. And this administration, with a president, right. like all presidents to sworn to enforce the laws of the United States. There are words to that effect in the presidential oath... This president and this administration mm-hmm. hasn't done
0: it. Yeah. Well, now you've got the governors of, of Virginia and Maryland begging the Justice Department to enforce those statutes you just mentioned because they're they, they can't do it. The localities won't even let them set up checkpoints or anything in the neighborhoods. So the the feds have to get involved here. And you're right; it's a constitutional requirement. Uh, Bill. I want to get your take as a sociologist on Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen's comments in the Senate this week on the economic benefits of abortion. Listen to this. Give me your reaction.
1: Well, I believe that eliminating the right of women to make decisions about when and whether to have children would have very damaging effects um, on the economy and. Would set women back decades. There are many research studies that have been done um, over the years, looking at the economic mm-hmm. impacts of access or lack thereof to abortion, and it makes clear that denying women access to abortion increase their odds of living in poverty.
0: Bill, your you thoughts know, I, on I, this? I... Are there studies to back up this yeah. assertion?
6: You know, I imagine you could find a study to back up anything anymore, because so many of the people in the social sciences uh, have their own ideological predilections at work. But you know, this is myopia beyond the... Uh, it's just stunning that you talk about an issue which is a matter of life and death, and you look at it strictly on the matter of dollar and cents. And according to Janet Yellen's uh, analysis, I guess that black women are mostly the hurt uh, hurt the most. It's interesting blacks are about 12 13 percent of the population they make up about between 33 and 36 percent of all the abortions uh, are they benefited are black women better and are the black people in general better by having more of their kids aborted and, and is this is this are we going to look for the stock market maybe to resonate as, as a result of this? Uh, this is the kind of tunnel vision that I didn't really expect from her, because, when she was in the Obama administration, I actually thought she made some very good decisions. Uh, but maybe she's been hanging out with the people, uh, with, with the different administration, and now she's gone off the rails like a lot of other people in this administration.
0: Bill, you issued a press release on this new Pew study on abortion uh, that has some interesting findings, uh, America's Abortion Quandary, is the title. What, what, did, what did you find in their results?
6: Well, as usual, their methodology is is precise. Uh, I have no problem with that. I look at the data, and then I look at the narrative, their summary, with the conclusions they came to, and it doesn't really match. I mean, they, they, they don't mention Roe at all, except in a perfunctory way in the very beginning of it. But, but Roe v. Wade means that you can have an abortion through term, all right? They initially said 24 weeks, but then, of course, the doctor can claim a, a mental health exception, which means right through term. The American people, only 19 percent of the American people in the poll uh, said they're in favor of abortion for any reason. So 81 percent of of the American people are opposed to what Roe allows. Then they asked people who are in favor of abortion rights, are you in favor of of, of a woman having an abortion at any time? Fifty-eight percent, six out of ten, said, no, we're not. And then they explicitly asked about the 24 weeks. Forty-three percent of the American people say a woman should not be allowed to have an abortion at 24 weeks, and only 22 percent said yes. And then they asked about parental consent. Seven out of 10 Americans believe in parental consent. If your child is under the age of 18 and and that woman wants to get an abortion, we need to know about it. The point is this. The American people want abortion to be limited very limited in terms of when you can have it and the reasons for it. Roe is, is is unscripted. So the fact of the matter is, if the Democrats think that this is a winning hand for them, they don't seem to understand. The American people do not have the enthusiasm for abortion on demand, as we just saw the Democrats vote for this week. Uh, if they think this is going to rally their, their base, uh, there's very... Most people are very conflicted about abortion, and if anything, they are, are against what Roe allows, and the poll uh, shows that. Uh, if, if if the Pew authors reread uh, their their own data, maybe they come to a different conclusion.
0: I want to get back to these uh, protests and the vandalism over the weekend in Madison, Wisconsin. A crisis pregnancy center fell victim to arson. Uh, Wisconsin Family Action was hit with a Molotov cocktail early Sunday morning, and a wall was spray-painted with graffiti. A group called Jane's Revenge is claiming responsibility. Todd, though no one was injured and property damage was negligible, I mean, negligible, it's burned. Uh, From your experience, how much worse could these incidents become the closer we get to a decision from the court? And are these kinds of groups being tracked by federal authorities? That's a great question, Raymond. I think that we
7: can see the civil unrest of 2020 in this country as a guide to what could happen going forward if this leaked decision turns out to be close to or the actual majority decision of the court. And, you know, in preparing to come on your program this evening, I I was reading news reports about these acts of vandalism and the protests and things like that mm-hmm. and i noted something uh, about the report reporting that i was reading is that in talking about whether extremists may may commit some type of act of violence in the articles the authors always turned it where it would be the anti abortion activists who were most likely to commit some or anti-abortion extremists anyway who would be most likely to commit acts of violence and domestic terrorism which seems to be backwards to me because although if Roe's overturned it doesn't outlaw abortion in the United States it returns the issue to the various state legislatures it would seem mm-hmm. though that if Roe is overturned your, your your you know your anti-abortion activists would be getting what they want and and It seems like the people who would not be getting what they want are the pro-abortion activists or extremists in this country. And Mm -hmm. it could be a result of a left of center bias of the reporters, or it could be because that's what their sources in the United States government are saying to them. And it's and that's kind of what the sense I'm getting from reading multiple articles uh, yesterday. And I got to tell you, it's almost as though a baseball game is going on. And the United States government is looking at a football, telling us all to anticipate (laughs) an offsides penalty in the baseball game. Well, there is no offsides in Mm -hmm. baseball. All right. So I wonder if the United States government is actually looking at the correct uh, threat threat streams or if they're looking at the threat streams that may actually not be so threatening. I don't know. But I I, kind of suspect that people are looking in the wrong places right now. Getting back to the uh, original uh, uh, answer to your question is, yeah, we can see this get much, much worse when the actual Supreme Court opinion is released.
0: Mm -hmm. Bill, uh, you're giving the commencement speech at the Ave Maria School of Law in Florida this weekend. You're receiving an honorary degree. What is your message going to be? Give us a little preview.
6: I'm going to talk about the pursuit of truth. That's what the academy was founded for. It was... It does... It is conditioned on freedom of speech, but it, it, freedom of speech is not the end. It's the pursuit of truth. And, of course, that no longer exists in many Catholic colleges, uh, not, not, not... And never mind uh, the secular institutions. It's the pursuit of, of politics. And with the postmodernist idea that there's no such thing as truth. That's why you have the idea that a man could be a woman, he could be a giraffe, he could be a, he could be a chimpanzee, men can get pregnant. Uh, the madness is, is ubiquitous. And we don't have enough asylums to lock up most of these people. Many of them uh, belong... They teach in higher education. That is not true at Ave Maria Law School. Thank God we have people like Tom Monahan, uh, who, who was founded an excellent school as well as Ave Maria University. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very much honored uh, to get the uh, honorary degree, and I hope to fire up the students on Saturday.
0: Gentlemen, we'll leave it there. You can follow Bill Donahue over at the Catholicleague.org. And Todd Hulsey, thank you for your time and perspective.
6: You're welcome. Thank
0: you. Family Theater Productions is celebrating 75 years of award-winning media that's engaged families since the 1940s. How has it survived, and what's the future of faith-based programming? Joining me now to discuss all of this, National Director of the Family Theater Productions, Father David Guffey. Father, thanks for being here. Um, Now, the, the, the organization was founded by the great Father Patrick Payton in the 1940s, and it started on radio. Why and how did he decide to start Family Theater Productions?
3: As a young priest, Father Peyton uh, had a passion for promoting family prayer, especially the rosary. And he tried a couple things locally where he was assigned in Albany, but he discovered that mass media was the way to get into people's hearts and homes, and radio was the mass media of the day. So he started doing local radio. He got the bug to do national radio, and he so he went to Hollywood. And he went to Hollywood in October 1946. By February of 1947, he founded Family Theater, and he had a national radio mm. show on the second-largest network of the time, the Mutual Broadcasting System.
0: Hmm. There have been a great many famous people who have become part of Family Theater productions over the years. I want to give the audience a little sampling of some of those stars who contributed so much to your productions. Good
2: evening. This is Jimmy
7: Stewart. You know, since this is our first program, maybe we ought to have a dedication. So right now, let's dedicate the family theater to your family.
0: a cool look at your your venerable past. How do you continue to appeal to audiences today? And where's the majority of your content these days, Father?
3: I think today we've seen that there are audiences for faith-based and family content. Uh, That's—even the industry has discovered that through the kinds of films that are being created. And our shows go—some go directly to Catholic media, but many of our shows are marketed through mainstream channels, at least initially, uh, because the mainstream world knows there's people hungry for uplifting stories that celebrate family and that include faith.
0: Mm. What's been the biggest challenge at Family Theater Productions to remain relevant, especially in the past decade, with so much more media to choose from?
3: The the great challenge is uh, there's so much content being created, it's to find a way to mm-hmm. get the projects that we create in front of the people that would be interested in it. So the, a lot of effort mm-hmm. goes into marketing and social media marketing, so people find the things that they would like to see.
0: Yeah. How important is it to have the, a Catholic media presence in Hollywood? You know, I remember before you took over, uh, my pal, Father Willie Raymond, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having seminars and opening the doors to the folks working in Hollywood.
3: We still do that. We had a meeting last night, at our first in-person meeting uh, after COVID. We still gather people wow. in the industry. Look, the church has always been involved in the arts and in most arts, they were the leaders. Somehow, we got a little bit behind in film and a little bit behind in television. Uh, But it's so important for the church to be there. It's so important that EWTN is in the cable uh, select—cable networks that we can select from. It's important that we're seen and that we're part of the discussion of what gets created for culture. And in a very modest way, Family Theater tries to be that here in Hollywood today.
0: Mm. We're seeing a resurgence, it seems. You mentioned faith-based programming earlier. With the Chosen series and, uh, more recently, with Father Stu, uh, where do you see the future of faith-based content going?
3: I think it's going to continue to thrive. Uh, If you look at what's happened in the industry, there's a number of networks, a number of uh, mainstream studios that have founded faith-based divisions. They're looking for content. And they've all got things in development. So it may be a couple of years before we see it through the pike. But there's really quite a lot of faith-based content that's being produced. Again, marketing and distribution is the great challenge for all of us who create um, film, especially. Mm-hmm.
0: What's next for Family Theater Productions, Father?
3: We're really excited about We have a couple of things out there already. We, of course, our film, Pray the Story of Patrick Payton, is still out there. But we, um, we have a couple of holiday films that we're about to go into production with. We've got we've optioned and we're creating scripts for an animated children's series. We've got a couple books. We've got a couple things early on in development: a Bible drama, uh, a romantic comedy um, based on a documentary that we did. So we've got quite a number of projects. As you know, it takes two to ten years to get a a film made, and we've got some that are uh, films in all stages of the process right now.
0: Wow, amazing. Father, thank you so much for being here. For more on the work and history of Family Theater Productions, you can visit familytheater.org. Father, thank you so much. Thank you. That is all the time we have for now, but be sure to catch us next week. Until then, we'll be scouting the world over for all that is seen and unseen. On behalf of the staff and crew of EWTN News, thank you for watching. I'm Raymond Arroyo. Bye now.